Hello, my name is David Tan, and this is Light to Color. Here we talk with creatives of all kinds about how and why they do what they do, and how they got so dang good at it. Today's guest is lifestyle photographer Meryl Spadaro. Hi, I'm Meryl Spadaro, and I'm a photographer in New Jersey. Um, I got started in high school. It was actually a really funny story. I was hanging out with my friends, and back in the day, it was just really cool to go out with your friends and take pictures and then edit them on picnic. Do you remember picnic? Yeah. That's where I started. <laughs> and it's so cringy to look back now, but as painful as it is to look at my horrible taste in photos, it truly did give me my start. And I have a very specific day in mind where we were at the creek and we were taking photos and we just got like some pretty good photos. I, I would even say now like they're pretty good for yeah. just a couple of teenagers. And so I went back and I was like editing away. And I really was shooting from that day on. I got in, involved in some like photography competitions, one of them being fine arts, which is like part of the church's talent show or whatever. And from there, it really took off after that. Um, yeah. So after that, those competitions, I was started being approached by like family, friends, people in the church that I went to, if I could do portraits for them. And I was just so confused because it was just something I did for fun. And then I was getting paid to do it in high school. And I really, really worked hard to learn everything I can. I've made some really horrible mistakes. There was a time where I didn't even know what it was, what it was to format the memory card. And my camera was going slow out of shoot. So I was like, oh, what is going on? I'm just going to like, oh, let me format this card and lost everything yeah. during the shoot. And it was like horrible. And then I've gotten caught in really bad lighting situations where I just like didn't know what I was doing. So it's been a long road of figuring out how to get exactly what I want every time. Mm-hmm. But I'm so thankful for that journey and here I am today and I mostly do portraits and lifestyle type things. Um, I've done a few weddings. Personally, there are so many other people out there who are made to do weddings and I don't think that I'm (laughs) made to do weddings. It takes a very specific special skill to do that. So I try to just live in the portrait lifestyle type of world. But yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, How did you like start to learn? Did you have classes? Did you have a mentor or was it all just online? Or... I, I taught myself pretty much everything. And I was actually really, really blessed by people in my life who saw me getting into it and actually gave me my first two cameras. So my first camera was a Rebel 10D. Cool. Which is like so old. The screen was like the size of my thumb. And I, I worked on that for a long time. And then that just, I like shot it right into the ground like it was it was old and then I was second blessed again by someone else completely random who was like hey I just want to give you this camera I got a 20d which was not a huge upgrade Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I did there were some people in my life who saw what I was doing and saw my frustrations and just that encouraged me I think to to go a long way because when you're young in the field you can't afford 
equipment. Yeah. <laughs> Not to mention, like, I didn't know what to charge people. So I was making nothing for what I was doing. So, yeah, that was really helpful. Um, and I just kept learning as I went. I, every time I had a bad shoot, I would go home and I'd Google things and I'd try to figure things out like that. I had one photography class in college and it was not my favorite because he, I'm not trying to talk bad about my teacher, but he had a very specific way of shooting that yeah. was very, very old school and he wouldn't let us do anything else. Like you don't shoot this exact way, you get a D, like mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I wouldn't consider that really a place where I learned that much. I was, was probably a punk who just didn't want to learn from anyone at that point. But um, yeah, most of my learning was on my own, just taking whatever shoot I could and messing up and then learning from it. What would you say is your like favorite thing to shoot? My favorite thing is definitely people. I guess ideally it'd be engagements because mm -hmm. I, the best thing about weddings for me is the portrait session, which is probably for most photographers. It's my absolute favorite part, but engagement shoots are like all of the love and the excitement yeah. without any of the pressure. <laughs> so um, yeah, I'd say engagement. I, I really love capturing people and people together and there's just so much story to be told yeah and people and so i've i've really enjoyed working to make people feel comfortable around me and i try to get their story as i'm shooting with them and just talk and i just i really enjoy working with people and bringing out the beauty in their story and who they are for yeah photos i just recently started doing newborn photography Ooh. i guess it would be like a year now yeah, I started last year in August, but obviously it's been a while. Yeah, like being in that room of like so much love and like yes. experiences, new experiences, especially if they're like new parents. And then if they're not and they have like their kids, I think it's really cool to be able to be in that in that room even and like a sort of privilege to be there. Uh, do you think you want to stick with that? How many other things have you done outside of lifestyle and weddings? Have you done any like editorial, any, uh, I know you have a friend that's a musician. I'm yeah. sure you've done some music or just like branding stuff for her. Yep. I've done a lot. I've done, um, I've worked with um, interior designers and done like home photography, mm -hmm. which is so cool because it's just, it's fun to do that but there's also like a whole thing to that that I wasn't aware of going into it because there's very specific angles and stuff like that it's fun but um I wouldn't say that's like my favorite place to be I've done a few cd covers and just different stuff like that and that is really fun because I'm also in social media marketing and so I like I love having my hand in the entire process. So like I get to see it from the beginning to the end. So shooting to implementing it in um, branding and products and merch and all of that. And then all the way through to like a release strategy and campaigns. I, I just love all of that. Yeah. Um, I, it's like I get to tell the full story. So yeah, that is super fun. And if any opportunity I get to do things of that nature in the music world i always take it because it's it's the best 
Have you shot concerts and the like? I, I know we worked. We did work together like, on uh, the you convention. Yeah. Yes, I've done that. And I've shot a, a few different concerts. Nothing with like, they're usually like super coffee house type feel. Mm -hmm. Not so much um, lights and all of that. I'm, I'm not a huge event photographer. I feel like I'm the like most picky photographer ever because I just like kind of like what I know and yeah. stick with it. Um, event photography is okay. So here's my theory on photography is when I am shooting, I'm like fully in capture mode. So I'm mm -hmm. fully in, in the room and I'm like observing everything and it's like, it's a lot. So especially for events, it's like constant, it's like hard focusing. So rather than with like, even with like newborn photography, I'm just like reading the room and the emotions in this. It's just like a beautiful, like moment yeah. of being involved in this family's life and it's more of a flow rather than events it feels like a little more frantic to me and I'd rather be a focused like yeah. this is your love story this is your family's love story and I can just be in the moment and like read the room in that way Does yeah. that makes sense yeah I was working a like event in Pittsburgh and I was like running around it was in a pretty pretty big place and was that I don't know if you know Stage A, pretty, like maybe 2,000, 3,000 people. Can okay, fit. Wow. And I was running around the balconies and someone like stopped me and said hi. And I remember looking at them, like purely focused on what's going on in the event, you know? Yeah. And like, I didn't run away. I wasn't like scared. <laughs> I just ignored them because I knew like I was doing something and like what you were talking about, you have to be like focused yeah. A lot easier. Like you're still focusing, I think the same amount when you're, especially in a like newborn room, you know, you want to be attentive to the parents. You want to be attentive, obviously to baby, but like when you're working an event and there are a bunch of people, you have to be attentive just to the event and not to like anyone around you. You know what I mean? Yes. So do you ever get like this where you, um, maybe a family or friend ask you to shoot an event in their life. I struggle with that because I'm like, I just want to be there in your, like, I want to be there for you and yeah. I can't be there for you if I'm shooting. So yeah. It, de it depends. Like engagement. I don't know if yes. you shot your friends getting engaged. Mm -hmm. I think that's great. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't have to be there because it's not right. like me celebrating. Like it's not a normal thing to be, with your friend while they're getting engaged. Per yes, exactly. So it's so like great being there and like capturing it. Yeah. But like if I'm at a wedding, I don't want to be shooting. I want to be, not that I do weddings, but if I were asked, I'd, I'd probably say no. I want to be just, there. It's and... like two different parts of my brain. It's like my mm -hmm. friend brain and my photography brain and my friend brain can't be present. <laughs> I'm using my yeah. photography brain. So I want to talk, go back a little bit to your journey we kind of like had a quick overview what do you think was like a few turning points in learning like pivotal moments of like not really the technical side more like this is what I want to do and this is how I'm gonna be able to keep going and do it it's a good question so like I said I was shooting since junior year of high school and now I'm three years out of college. So I've been shooting for a while. 
I never thought it would be a moneymaker for me. I never thought it would get me anywhere. I kind of always mm-hmm. called it a hobby, especially because I just, I didn't understand the field. I didn't understand how to charge or anything like that. I, I guess I didn't even know, like, yeah, I, I just, I didn't know anything. I was just shooting when people asked me. And so when I was getting into college, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I'd say the pivotal point for me where it became more of a life earning or living would be um, during college when I didn't have much direction. So I just fell back on what I had. Um, I think that in society, we are told as artists and photographers to always have a backup plan, Mm -hmm. which isn't a bad thing, but it also held me back from really going for it for a lot for a long time because I never thought that I'd be able to make a living because I was never told that I could. So once it started to pick up and it's also like having great clients too, like really just staying consistent, being your best, like it will grow. But in college, I, I did a lot of photography and I also brought on graphic design at that time. So I was like just cranking out projects nonstop and did that all through college And then once I graduated, so I went to um, Rowan University and I graduated with a degree in journalism with multimedia communications. And I got out in the real world and had no idea what to do because no one would hire me because all I had was a degree and no experience. And so that's another turning point for me where I was like, okay, I can only do what I can do. And what I could do was freelance and I think the biggest lesson I learned was just trusting myself even to, to do what I do best and also knowing your, your worth and sticking to that. I think photography and art is such a brain game because if you don't believe that what you're doing is worth it, then you're yeah. not going to convince anyone else. So I still learn that because I'm so hard on myself and I'm so hard on photos that I do like Mm -hmm. it's still such a process but yeah the turning point for me was being forced into freelance essentially I wasn't forced but I came to this cross point where I'm either going to get a temp office job where I'm entering like file entry and just Mm -hmm. work my life away or I'm going to do something I'm passionate about and just really take a leap of faith and that's what I did and it was so worth it and I've even since college ended, I feel like I've grown so much in my skills in photography and graphic design and social media because I've, I've been able to do all of them. Mm-hmm. And once I kind of let go of the fact that I need to have this certain life structure to have success, I became successful. <laughs> and yeah. in my own right, not like in a cocky way, just I could live and not worry all the time about I need a full-time job. It all comes in its own time. And I kind of just went with the flow and it worked for me. Yeah. Uh, I do want to talk about, you said, like knowing your worth and knowing there's a lot of value in knowing that your work is good. And there's like a tension between that Mm -hmm. where like you look at your work and you're like, should I be charging this much? Or like that kind of conversation Yeah, if we could talk about that. Yeah, I've had way too many situations where I was completely ripped off. And um, 
I did start so young and I'm it was just like this small, like young girl who is inexperienced, mm-hmm. who is like, you can pay me whatever you want. Like, it's fine. And I really, really had to get a backbone because I got walked over so many times and there are several shoots that I still have never gotten paid for in the past. So I'm better now, but it's really easy to get bulldozed by someone who doesn't believe in your work. And if you don't believe in it either, there's no chance. So I really, really had to work hard and say, even saying out loud, no, this is what this shoot is worth. And I'm a good photographer and this is art and this is my time. And it's really awkward. I absolutely hate negotiating and I hate all of that stuff. Not so much negotiating for photography, but, but for other projects. It's so awkward. Money is just awkward. But also, if you don't believe in yourself and your worth, you will not get paid what you deserve to get paid. Almost ever. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. How do you uh, like figure out that you are worth however much you're worth? Like, How do you get to that point of saying, yes, my art is X amount, you know? It's hard because we talked about this too. It's, I mean, maybe I'm the only one, but I'm so picky about my work. And sometimes Mm. I'll look at it and be like, like, this isn't good. And then other people will look at it and be like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. So I think it's important to surround yourself with people who you trust their taste and can give you really good feedback. Because I also have people who have said, yeah, like you should work on that or that doesn't look as good. But also when something, when I'm dealing with a project or struggling with a photo, they can look at it and say, that's really good. So I think it's important to surround yourself with people who are going to tell you the truth and encourage you when you need it. Because it's hard to do it within yourself. You need um, some friends who can lift you up. So um, yeah, does that answer the question? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about like your favorite shoot. I have a personal favorite from your work. And that was uh, Matt and Anastasia's if we want to talk about that predominantly like the studio stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I originally said that I said all that stuff about not liking to do weddings, but um, that is actually one of my favorite shoots as well. The cool thing about that was, okay, well we actually did have a really good engagement shoot as well. And then I did their wedding and they kind of said, we want something different. We don't want like the typical wedding photos. And we had such a fairy tale um, engagement shoot for them, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel the need to have like those whimsical, like dreamy outdoor photos. And it was in the winter, so it was very cold. So I was like, okay, what can we do? So we went full out studio for all of their portraits. And it turned out so great. Um, again, it was very stressful because we were on a very tight schedule. We my my brother was my assistant that day and we came early to the wedding set up did all the getting ready photos did the ceremony and then rushed to the studio did their photos we had like 45 minutes and then they had to go to the reception um and that's including like getting family shots really quick and all of their bridesmaid shoots uh, shots but anyways we got there and you know when you just like kind of hit it right in the shoot and you're like, oh yeah, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> we got in that flow right away, which I feel like is a huge like blessing because if I was concerned about how the photos were turning out, we wouldn't have gotten what we got. So everything just fell right. I didn't have to make many adjustments because we had set up earlier. So everything, we kind of just jumped in and they're super, fo- super photogenic and 
very natural in front of the camera, which is always a huge help to photographers um, when people are already comfortable. Um, so that kind of took out some of the posing and discussion time. It was kind of just like, like we just kind of went for it. And typically when I do weddings, I try to rush home and give them one or two um, preview photos. Mm-hmm. And when I did that, I was like, okay, we nailed, we nailed this. And it just, I don't know. It was just one of the best shoots. And I like how that felt more editorial than like the typical yeah. um, outdoor shots. So yeah, I had to throw it on my website <laughs> and it's still one of my favorite shots. Yeah. I don't know if you like follow like celebrity stuff. Uh, I remember Justin and Haley's wedding or their wedding party. They mm-hmm. had like that studio-esque vibe. Yeah. Uh, Kendall Jenner's 21st birthday. I don't know who does it. I think it's like a company, but like that style, especially in like bringing it down to, that sounds weird to say, like bringing it to New Jersey and like local. And it's so simple to do but like you just have to put in that time and effort and like work yeah to be like we're gonna set out this time to get these to set up the studio and like get these shots and make them yeah like look good it definitely takes extra effort but it's totally worth it it's like that high fashion like I know exactly what (laughs) photos you're talking about because I think I sent that to them for some inspiration like okay let's go with this like romantic black and white vibe and all of that um, and actually, that was a huge point in my career where I was like, yes, because for some reason, studio lighting always seemed scary to me until I did it. And when I did it successfully, I was like, oh, my gosh, I feel like I just unlocked a new skill. And like mm-hmm. now I can walk down this path if I want, which is just it's cool. So that was that was really fun. I had done some studio lighting before, but I never truly was happy with it and like knew exactly what I was doing and just could go in under pressure and set it up and get them in and out and that felt like it was like I unlocked a new level in the photography field yeah so yeah that was cool I feel like photography has so many like you learn the basics you learn like the fundamentals and then it's like a kind of like a highway you know you could like take this one exit and then there's this huge city that you could explore and maybe that's like film and then there's another exit And that's like lighting, like studio lighting and just like the amount of kind of exploration, even though it's not like a substantial thing, but like getting in that rabbit hole of, oh, I could learn this and I could do this now, even though you already know the basics. I think it's really cool that no matter how good you are, there's always something to learn. You know what I'd love to learn next um, tell me if you've ever done this is lighting outside like strobes and flash outside yeah I I love that I love it's so clean I, yeah I just don't have the funds to <laughs> yeah. say oh I'm gonna go out to this place and get so I shoot a lot in New York City and you need yeah. a you need a permit if you put anything on the ground Right. So it's either I find someone that'll assist for me and like stand there with a strobe or yeah. I pay for that. And then strobes, like the nice strobes, like pro photo stuff are like yeah. too expensive. And yeah, I just don't feel like renting it. But 
the world of difference it makes just having a just a speed light you know yes. and just using that to counteract the sun just so everything's exposed and you don't have to like underexpose you could just expose it yeah you know? it's really cool let's talk about your personal projects do you do any like personal stuff that's different to like your work well I didn't say this yet, but I'm actually stepping into a full-time position on Monday, which I feel like goes against like my whole freelance vibe. It's all part of the plan, <laughs> but I'm, I'm going into a position where I'm going to be doing up some marketing um, just to get some team building on my resume. Anyways, that shifts me into a place where all of my photography and creative work gets to be kind of like an outlet for me. I don't like when I get in the groove of photography being like work that I don't look forward mm -hmm. to doing. So now I get the opportunity to shift that into my escape from maybe like full time, which I'm so excited and blessed for that position. But I love when photography becomes an escape. And so I'm heading into that world again. And I just did a really cool shoot last night um, in Princeton where the sun set perfectly. And like, I don't know, I think that, all of my photo shoots recently have become more of an outlet, which is honestly my favorite because I don't know. I just like being creative in that way and not being like on the clock as much. So yeah, I guess pretty much all my projects now are more side stuff moving forward for a little bit. I don't, I don't anticipate to be on this route forever, but um, yeah. Hope that makes sense. Yeah. If, someone wanted to look at your work or like reach out, where would someone be able to find you? So on my Instagram, I am really bad at posting, but you can reach out to me on my Instagram, which is just Merle Spadaro. And my website is also easy. It's just MerleSpadaro.com. So that's the best place to reach out to me. Thank you to Merle for coming on today's show. If you want to check out some more of her work, there are links in the show notes. Big thanks to Brett Wainscott and the band Jaden for providing this episode's music. If you'd like to check out some of their music, links could be found in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Catch you on the flip side. My name is David Tan, and that's Like the Color.